Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot. Connect to more. It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to Tutel and Nuanez, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Now, sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Hello, Montana. Big Sky Conference preseason all-conference team released. We hear from someone on that list today. Montana forward Michael Stedman and... We get into some golf, and we get into some good things around the community and perhaps even some football. Hi, how are you? It is Tutel and Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, across the 406. Outstanding to be with you on this very fine Tuesday afternoon. Hope you are having a fantastic day. Thanks for spending some time with us on your radios, on your TVs, etc., etc. We're very happy to be with you. All of you, if you would like to participate today, we welcome you. 361-3688-361-3688, the phone number, all guests. Join us via the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. You can text that phone number as well. Love to have your feedback throughout the course of the day, throughout the course of the show, so you can go ahead and uh, check us out that way if you would like to. You can also listen live on the World Wide Web, 1029ESPN.com. You jump into the stream. The stream is available all the time. Thanks to our friends at Opportunity Bank of Montana, your local bank, your opportunity. In the show today, the Big Sky Conference released its 
uh, preseason all-conference teams, both men's and women's. We will get into that, who's on it, who's not on it, and what does this mean, if anything, as we look at the landscape of the Big Sky Conference and men's and women's basketball this season just like 15 days away from opening day here. Looking forward to this. Still don't have a men's non-conference schedule yet for uh, the University of Montana, but uh, and we will uh, be getting that soon, presumably, and look forward to it as we do. We also will hear from one of the uh, new transfers to the University of Montana set out last year, Michael Stedman, expected to be a major contributor to this Montana Grizzly men's basketball team. Uh, got to catch up with him a little while ago and uh, uh, just hear you know, a few thoughts of what it was like coming out of sitting for a, for a year, you know, having to uh, have wait, you know, sit out because of the transfer and what he's expecting here in this, his last year of eligibility with Montana, which ain't his last year of eligibility as it turns out almost gets to think back so very interesting the way that worked out also happy here in this first hour barb cowan barb cowan works for the partnership of children uh partnership for children excuse me and uh, partnership for children really helps foster kids okay so we're looking for foster families to do foster care for for children who are out there who need it and need it desperately and they are having a, a couple of events one that has happened and one that is forthcoming uh as it pertains to uh you know getting families involved giving them information helping them get set up to become foster families is a very uh, cr- critical part and i know a lot of people talk about adoption, right? Adopting kids and that that is significant and it absolutely is, but also the fostering part of it for kids who need a, a safe, happy, warm place to be for a space of time. Uh, well, well, they, you know, the longer term answers can be found for them. So she's going to come talk to us about that, Barb Cowan. We're very excited to have her on and, and uh, to, to let people know because there's, there's a lot of people who have moved into Missoula, into Western Montana, as we know, over these past six, 12 months. This is where you can plug in and help and be part of this community. So we'll get you, uh, we'll have her here at about 445. Top of the hour, get in some NFL stuff. The NFL released a, a, a new. Uh, sort of, you know, alternative plan depending on how COVID ends up going through the rest of the season. Once again, uh, breaking news today uh, a Big Ben, Roethlisberger, one of four. Pittsburgh Steelers has been placed on the COVID list uh, here as a result of, uh, you know, direct contact. I don't know that he's been tested positive, but he and a number of other players are out, at least for the time being. And they are putting together uh, ancillary plans, which includes an expansion of the NFL playoff as well. So we'll get into what that might mean. And also we are less than 48 hours from the start of the Masters. Bryson DeChambeau. He's at his math again. We will talk about that. And the greatest golf shot in the history of golf was struck today by <laughs> my boy, Johnny oh, Rahm. Man. So we, uh, we'll get into all that. There you go. Uh, that is the show today. We left you with this yesterday, but would like to reiterate this again. But our, our good friend, Justin Angle, the proprietor, the uh, mind behind the engine underneath a new angle podcast uh, released uh, his releases his podcast every single Tuesday great podcast series love a new angle podcast and the people that he has there and uh, we feel very grateful very fortunate to have been on it and this this was our week culture that we got out so we're the uh, new angle podcast with two tell nuanas talking uh, a lot about the Grizz great series and then a lot about just college sports in general identity what it's like to cover college sports where uh, 
where we're at in the world as it pertains to fans and college sports. So lots of, I thought, really fun and interesting topics of conversation that we were able to sort of meander through uh, with uh, with Justin Angle uh, on that on his podcast. So again, uh, Justin is a professor of business at the University of Montana. He comes on here uh, every other week, so we're, fu- we're we're really happy to have that started a business angle segment with him. But uh, a new angle podcast out right now wherever you get your podcast rate. Uh, and uh, uh, subscribe, excuse me, to a New Angle podcast because it's, I think, the best thing going when you talk about just sort of topics at hand, current events, and really interesting people around the state of Montana, especially using the university as sort of a, a, a trafficking point where a lot of great people, a lot of very accomplished folks who are doing some some awesome stuff come through, and uh, and Justin's able to to track a lot of them down and have some unbelievable conversations. So you should go back through the archives, really, of New Angle podcast. You get if you haven't uh, been following along to this point. You'll enjoy it very much, and uh, especially, you know, podcasts are great, but often sometimes aren't super local, right? You hear, you know, you're global, and you hear, you know, national stuff that's going on. To have a local podcast like that, I think, is very, very cool. So, uh, you know, go ahead and check that out. And, uh, uh, you know, this week it's us. So there you go. My plug for a new angle podcast. Uh, Coulter, the Big Sky Conference basketball season is 15 days away. Wow. How about that? How about that? Uh, the uh, men's and women's preseason all-conference teams were released. Mm-hmm. Uh, for what it's worth, the way it works is there's six names on these lists. You get the five five member, uh, I guess, team if you want to call it that, and then an MVP. So you know, whatever it's, you get you get six out of this thing. So let's just go through quickly here the names on this list for the uh, men's side of this thing. The MVP, preseason MVP out of Eastern Washington is Jacob Davidson. Um, so he's, I, I think, one of a, a, a couple guys that could have been in that spot. I got no problem with him being the MVP. He's certainly uh, on on the first team or, you know, on the preseason all-conference, which is only one team, thereby the first team. But he's there. He is also joined by his teammate Kim Aiken Jr., uh, who is a junior, by the way, a redshirt junior, Kim Aiken from Eastern Washington. Bodie Hume, who was the freshman of the year two years ago, is a junior, uh, Northern Colorado. He's on this. How about Jabril Bello? Really made strides in his first year at Montana State a year ago. He is on this list, a junior forward from London, England. I wanted to do the accent, but I don't. I just <laughs> didn't have it on tap. Cameron Shelton from Northern Arizona is on this as a, a preseason all-conference player, junior there. And then redshirt senior transfer uh, into the University of Montana, Michael Stedman, is on this uh, as well. Coulter, your initial reaction when you saw the preseason all-conference team for the Big Sky Conference men's hoops? Well, it's it's chalk in my mind in terms of the way we voted, except for one uh, exception, and that was that we did not have Michael Stedman on our preseason all-conference team. We voted for John Knight III, who's a returning all-Big Sky guy at Southern Utah. That's not to say that I think that John Knight III is better than Michael Stedman. I have just seen John Knight III play. I have not seen Michael <laughs> Stedman play. So right. it's sort of my premise that uh, transfers don't go on the preseason team. They can certainly earn their way on the postseason team. We'll have that discussion uh, in a minute. But I think that the fact is that the, there's only one, I guess two seniors counting Stedman on this team is interesting for two reasons. One, because the league on the men's side, I thought last year was down, but only because only Eastern Washington had multiple all league players on their team. 
I guess Montana State had two with Harold Frey and Jabril Bellow being the newcomer of the year. But as far as those headliner guys, there was actually just as many headliners as there usually is in a given year. It's just usually that those headliners are accompanied by another. usually need three all-conference guys to be a conference championship contender. Mm-hmm. Eastern Washington had that last year with Kim Aiken, Jacob Davidson to both return, and then Mason Peetling, who was a first-team all-league guy last year. The only other team that really had two guys that are either first or second team was Montana. Syed Pridget, Kendall Manuel. Not a surprise that those two teams finished 1-2 in the standings. That's mm-hmm. basically what it takes. But then you had all these other teams that had first-team all-league talent like Montana State with Harold Frey, Portland State with Holland Woods, Idaho with Trayvon Allen, and those guys just didn't really have a lot of help. And so even though they are absolutely one of the five, six best players in the league, they're dragging a bunch of freshmen along or they're carrying their teams. And so first-team all-league talent did not necessarily mean chasing conference championships. That's what would have made the tournament so fun if we would have got to see it all play out. We did get to see the end of Jarek Harding's career. That was a little bit uh, lackluster because Weber State just went out and lost their first game. Right. We got to see Trayvon Allen score, at, what, I think 38 yeah. in his final game? Shred. But they lost. I don't yeah. lost. And yeah. so it was sort of like, okay, but then we were there was this narrative, well, in this specific tournament... The dude who is the dude on their team, I thought that if Harold Frey put it all together or if Syed Pridget put it all together or if Holland Woods put it all together, those th- those guys could carry you all the way to the championship game, maybe even to the league tournament title because I think individually they were all better than the collection of Eastern guys. The Eastern just had the three guys, and that was what made them the regular season league champions and the number one seed overall. So, um, I, I, honestly... These are the guys that I thought were the only guys that were really candidates. The only two guys that we had John Knight the third on our ballot. I also considered Derek Carter Hollinger, who was the freshman of the year last mm-hmm. year for Montana. But other than that, it was pretty cut and dry. But I think it's also indicative, though, of how young the league still is. And I think that even though I thought last year the league was down compared to what it had been in the last several years, in you know, just recently, yeah, I think it's going to be even more down this year. Because you do remove most of those elite guys I just named. And while this is a nice list of players, and you never know. You never know which guys make the next step. That's what college sports is all about. But right now, you don't have, like, Tyler Hall coming back or Hall and Woods coming back. You know that dude is a first-team all-league player. The only dude on this list that I think is a guaranteed, would have been a first-team all-league player most years is Jacob Davison. That's why he's the MVP. I want to talk to you about that dynamic and a dynamic you alluded to of you don't really vote for guys who who haven't been in the league that are returning to the league because how, how do you know like how do you know that Michael Stedman even though the expectations are that he very well will be a certainly an all conference type of player whether sure. it's a first team all conference type sure. player we'll see so so, here, so, 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 so so stop there though I mean okay. the fact that he is on this list though what do you think that's a product of let me tell you exactly what that this is if I may take the phrase that we've used now for months the new normal and this is not covid related new over new normal this is transfer and basketball at large sure. new normal if you want to have your preseason and i understand why you would want you know your preseason all conference list to be guys who are returning in the conference just as a matter of, of being a known commodity you are going to eliminate 40 percent of the conference from this list, just period, out of hand every single year. Sure. So, and and that and that number, I think, is going to grow. I I under I understand why it is weird to put Michael Stedman on here over somebody else that that we know is a really good player and we've seen go to work and be that in this conference. This is 
this individual instance is neither here nor there, but I also think that evaluating what the conference is going to be, which it already is anyway, like who knows if Bodie Hume or Jabril Bello come out and have great years again for their team as they're going to be the central figures. Both of those guys are, have been reliant players and number two guys on their team. Mm-hmm. So there's assumptions about you're going to take a step up and become the central figure on your team in some some manner this season. That's what this would indicate to me being on an all-conference list. We don't know that. So, of course, these are all projections to some extent. And I think that we are in a, in a time and place now where projecting guys that haven't even been in the league before is going to become a necessity for lists like these and also for evaluation of teams' talent going into any given season. I just found it surprising because not not to anything about Michael Stebbin or what we've seen or have not seen, this isn't a coach's vote. If this was That's a right. coach's vote, I, I, it wouldn't surprise me at all because so many of the schools in the Big Sky recruit from the same areas. I'm sure that they were familiar with Michael Stedman when he came out of high school. They're familiar with what the level of play in the Mountain West is like where he was at previously with San Jose State. I just found it fascinating where it's easy for us to know about the hype of Michael Stedman. We talk to the Grizz coaches all the time. We watch these guys practice, or at least we have. <laughs> we don't anymore, but yeah. we once upon a time did. And, you know, we've been around Stedman. We've talked to him. Yeah. We've seen him in real life. The beat writer for Weber State or Northern Arizona, they haven't seen this guy in person, so I thought that it was just interesting that they were able to take a flyer on the guy. I just thought that if you're just based voting on past performance, you'd say, okay, the freshman of the year is coming back on Montana. If you want to give Montana one of the guys, I just thought it was going to be Derek Carter-Hollinger, not Michael Stedman. And that's fair, but here's where here's where I'm at on this, and I think you just, you just got into where I'm going. Around the conference, whoever's voting, they go, oh, Travis DeCure, the Grizzlies, they're going to have an all-conference player on there. Sure. Who's it going to be? And if they, you know, sure. if you look into it enough, you go, well, who's the best player going to be? Is it a returning, you know, true sophomore? Maybe. Or maybe it's the guy that they've brought in who's been there for us. I mean, he's not, he, we haven't seen him play, but he's not new to the team either, right? I mean, he's there. The people know about him. He, he was with the team the entire season, sort of migrating through the conference. So I think that's why you get it. But I think more than anything, this is a reflection of, Somebody from the Grizzlies has got to be on it. They've been the best team, you know, overall the last five, six, seven, eight, whatever years. Does that actually exist, though? I mean, I think it sort of does, but Weber State is the only other program in the conference that has the same prestige as Montana. Mm-hmm. It's also the only other school in the conference that has gone as transfer heavy in their recruiting model. Mm-hmm. While I, I, Danny Sprinkle is digging in the junior college route hard, and he, I, I think he'll probably go some grad transfer stuff too. Sprinkle's going the junior college route because his two head assistants, Chris Haslam and Dan Russell, both were head coaches in the junior college mm-hmm. level in Wyoming. They have sort of a pipeline. They've already gotten kids from those Wyoming JCs quite often, even going back to Brad Hughes and Brian Fish, too. It's a little bit of an easier recruit than it is for almost anyone else in the big sky. But that said, Breckett Chapman started at the University of Utah. He's a former top 100 recruit coming yep. out of high school. I, I don't know anybody that ever put him on a preseason all-league ballot. Totally. And so I guess I, it's, I just find it interesting because I get why Michael Seven is on this list. It's also the first time I can remember that happening. Here's the thing. I think even if you go back to when Breckett Chapman would have been available, we have seen it, it grow significantly as a matter of percentage. Sure. The, the, the non-conference, the transfer, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But even more than that, here's where I think the rub is. Weber State, the reason there's no Weber State guy on this list, they've been down the last two years. 
If Weber State had been the team that had represented the Big Sky in the last two NCAA tournaments that there were and was one of the three best teams at least last season, like Montana has been, I, I, I just guarantee there's going to be a Weber State player. who we, You would be looking up, who's the best guy that Randy Ray's, that we think Randy Ray's got now that Jared Harding's gone? He's on your all. That's it. Got to be. Because this is the team that has been the dominant team, if it, if it had been the case. Because Weber State not only hasn't been the dominant team, but in fact has been down. Last year was, was a very, I think, the worst year of Randy Ray's tenure at Weber State. Well, yeah, the, that year and then the year Jeremy Sanglin broke his jaw and they really struggled because he was their, their guy. Right. But the th- that's why this isn't here. And you know what? My my two cents. Talk to me in March. Like if we got if we have a season and we get you know something like a full season in here, Weber State's going to have some dude, if not dudes, we're going to like wow. Okay, well there you go. There's Weber State again. I want to justify a statement that I, I've continually said that my evaluation of the Big Sky Conference is that the league is down the last yeah. two years. And I stand by it full force, but I feel like I need to give that a little bit of justification. If the Big Sky is going to be the best league it can be, it needs to have the schools that invest in and care about basketball and that are led by the better coaches all be competitive simultaneously. And at the same time, they need schools like Idaho State. Like, I've argued this for so long. I thought it was such a job, such a bad job that Bill Evans got at Idaho State. Bill Evans was finishing consistently 7th, 8th, or ninth at Idaho State, which is far superiorly exceeding expectations than almost any other school in the league. Mm-hmm. Bill Evans was bringing good players to, to Pocatello, players that they had not really seen before. And now with Ryan Looney at the helm last year, I mean, they actually had a couple really talented guys last year. I thought Malik Poor was one of the best athletes in the league. But that said, they did not win a ton of games. But then you, for, the school, for the league to be great, it's uh, Eastern Washington actually has an argument as the best program in the league the last five years. It's Eastern, Eastern and Montana. Eastern has an argument as replacing Weavers for sure. Oh, yeah. Right, right. right. I mean, under Jim Hayford, they went to the NCAA tournament when they had Vicky Joyce. They had an inside track at it as the number one seed last year. They played the Grizzlies in the conference championship game consecutive years. So they have replaced. And they won the, they won the conference in the regular season, which right. is all we got out of last year last year. No doubt. So, so Eastern's there. Montana's there. Weber's taken a significant dip, though, and that they have sort of. But again, no, 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 no. If you've covered the Big Sky for ten years, you know Weber State used to look like the crispest, most well-executing team. Here's the thing: this is how you know you're losing traction in terms of the status of your program if you can clearly see that drama is creeping into the way you're executing, and that's been their their issues for several years now. It's an erosion of your program. It's it's only really been two years. I mean, it was it was the year before, which was a which was really expressed itself in the in the stretch run of the regular season and the tournament. And then last year was just down all the way. And that was, I mean, there's a lot of reasons for that, but central to that was the fact that at no point, at no point, zero games was Jarek Harding 100 percent and missed quite a lot, including the game right here in Missoula that we were all excited to go watch him play, and there he was on the bench. And so, and that's not the only reason by any stretch. I agree with you about the drama. What I'm saying is, I don't see it as a trend yet. You can really dip, they, they you can dip they and be bad. They haven't they haven't won more than 12 league games in four years. They haven't finished higher than a tie for third in four years. And in fact, they've finished tied for fourth, tied for fourth, tied for eighth the last three years. Weber State has no excuse to ever be anything but one or two. 
period. With the mm. basketball tradition that they have and the coach that they have and the venue that they have, y- you got to harken back to the teams that they had for so long I, under Coach Ray. I, I understand. I mean, I understand what you're saying, and Weber you and State, I think very highly of Weber. But you don't talk to me about top two, top three. Okay, if, if you're in the but, top four but, but, every year, then that's good. And they had they were out of it once. To me, when I sit down and watch the Big Sky Conference, no matter what venue I'm at, I'm I, I'm watching mid major basketball. I enjoy covering mid major basketball. Mm-hmm. The only team in the league that's ever looked high major to me, other than Montana, over the last ten years, is Weber State. They have not looked high major to me in their ability to execute. I mean, it used to be Weber's top seven. Every single dude is good. Their, yeah. their first two guards off the bench are starting at almost every other Big Sky school. Now, they have multiple guys that start that would not play at other programs. Mm. Michael Kovac is their second or third best player. He should be their sixth or seventh best player. But that's again, just the way that it should be at Weber State. I mean, outside of Jarek Harding, how, how many... In, I mean, Randy Ray told us, look, the guy who I had as my absolute starting sure. stretch... Forward. Yeah, Cam Davis. He broke his hand. Yeah, totally. Never, never played. Right. Didn't did not step on the court. You know. So uh, that's I, why understand. that's why I'm sitting here saying my point is is I'm going to have more faith in Randy Ray than I am not. Sure. I'm not going to sit. You know, have they been down? Certainly. Have they been lower than they should have been? Maybe. But I'm not going to go. Well, you know, I don't know what's happened to Weber State. I think I do know. We. I guess what I'm getting at when I'm making my point about the league being down though is. Would you agree or disagree? Eastern Washington right now has upward trajectory as a program. No doubt. Weber State has downward trajectory as a program. It's trending that way. You're yeah. not ready to call it trend, but they are not as good as they were. That's objectively true. I, I, that is objectively true, but I'm not. Sh- I have no okay. idea what they are now, okay. right well, here. Well, Idaho we State. Talk. Idaho State's not as good as they once were, even yeah. though they were never that good. Yeah. Idaho went from should be and was. Top yep. three in the league yep. to straight off the cliff. Yep. And and that's what, I mean, I understand there was some NCAA stuff that was going on, yep. some rules violations, all that. Institutional stuff, too. Totally. But Don Verlin won 26 games one year at the Rosado. Nobody's doing that. Nobody's bringing in Vic Sanders <laughs> and Perrion Condra and, right. and B.J. Blake and multiple borderline NBA mm-hmm. players to Moscow. No, it's it's. I so mean, it's going to take a while to get that. It's back. a rebuild. It, it it is. Last year was the first year of a rebuild, and they were fortunate to be buoyed by one of the best players in the conference. But they, you know, it could be worse this year than it was last year in Idaho. North could Col- be better. North Colorado is a, a program that has established itself as one yes. of the best programs in the league. But where do they go? Jeff Linder is a hell That's of a right. coach. Yep. And now Steve Smiley takes over with no head coaching experience. They don't have Andre Smith. They don't have Jordan Davis. They don't have Jonah Radabaugh. You can't say they're t- trending down yet, but the talent level to me doesn't look as good as it once was. I would actually, re- I would actually go out on a limb and say Montana State is trending up. With Danny Sprinkle, mm-hmm. I think that he's done a good job remaking that thing in a pretty short order. But Portland State. They graduate seven. They got no returning stars. Holland Woods transfers. They can't even practice. Barrett Peary will refill the ranks. But as of right now, Portland State is sort of stuck. Sac State, I was talking to Ryan Collingwood, our good buddy from the Spokesman Review, because he was doing a little thing on all the MVPs from Eastern Washington. Because when it comes to, you know, Jake Wiley, Bogdan Blizniak, um, and now Jacob Davison, but he was saying, I can't believe Tyler Harvey who was the great shooter and led the nation in scoring back in 2015. I can't believe he wasn't the MVP of the league that year. I said, well, it's because Mike McKinney at Sac State almost won the league and almost broke the league tournament. The league tournament, the number one reason it went to a neutral site is because Sac State almost won the league. And if that would have happened, they wouldn't have been able to host the tournament. So they had to make a move because they're like, oh, Sac State's coming. The point is, though, that... Sac State has not been up to that caliber when they had Mike McKinney and Justin Strings and J- Josh Patton. They don't have the same 
headliner talent. So in Utah, I think, is a program that's trending up. But that, what I'm saying is that you're looking at a third of the league is baseline. A third of the league is trending down. And there's only a handful of schools that could really say are trending up. And I think that's the reason why I think the league is just not quite as good as it has been. It doesn't mean it can't be as good as it, it will be. It's just that there, there's two elements of college head coaching, right? The two main primary elements, recruiting and then developing and, and, and doing it in the games, right? I think that there was a couple guys in the league that were so far superior to the league in their ability to recruit, but also inferior in their ability to be head mm. coaches. Mm. Jack Murphy brought a ton of talent into Northern right, Arizona. Right. They just have to, at least half, more than half the guys left every single year. Yeah. Brian Fish brought some of the best individual talents the Big Sky has ever seen. That's right. But went 500 every year because well, he didn't know how to and so let navigate me, the reps. Let me, let me take what you're saying yeah. and just ask a couple questions. Sure. Okay. Brian Fish, great example. Yep. How are you going to do better than Tyler Hall and Harold Frey? You're not. not. <laughs> but guess what? They, I know they had Harold Frey last year. We yeah. don't know what's going to be sure. this year. They lose Tyler Hall, the most prolific scorer in the history of the conference. They're better. Right. Now, if you told me preseason that they were going to be trending up with the team they had last year, I would have said, you're crazy. Yep. But that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. You go to Northern Colorado. Jordan Davis was was a fun, was an unbelievable player. Yeah. But his junior year, when Andre Spite was the dude, if you told me that Jordan Davis was going to do what he did his senior year, I'd have said no. Like them losing Andre Spite, by the way, again, every time I say the words Andre Spite, I will never, ever not say the greatest game I've ever seen with my <laughs> own two eyeballs, Montana, Northern Colorado, in the conference semis. Okay, but... If you told me at that moment, going into the next season, hey, Northern Colorado is going to be just fine. Maybe they'll even be better without Andre Spite because look at what Jordan Davis is going to do. I said, like, no way. Right. And then when Jordan Davis was so great, you said, hey, but wait till you see. I mean, right. Radbaugh's good now, but wait till you see the lockdown sure. two-way guy that he becomes. I would have said, no way. Now he's gone. And now you go, well, what about Bodie Hume? What's he going to be? Can he actually carry it? Well, it doesn't feel like it. But you know what? Every time they've had a guy walk. Now, with a, with a coaching change, it's different. I'm not so interested in that dynamic at Northern Colorado specifically as I am about this. It, in this level of basketball especially, mm-hmm. it is so much harder to say a team's going to be better than it is to say they're going to be worse because you know what isn't there and you don't know what is. Right. Every single year. And I think now more than ever that is true because of the transfer situation that we have. That's true. And so all Montana has right now is potential. They got a ton of it. It looks really good. I certainly, for one, have pretty high expectations of the Grizzlies going into this season. I know that they do as well, always will, you know, at their team. But I don't know what it is. You know, I can't sit here and say it's – going to tell me that it's trending up when they've lost – who they've lost the last three years, you know, two, three years graduating out of that program? No. And yet, you go, well, could be. And so all I'm saying is the, the, the trends to me have to be a retrospective. If you told me, as somebody who's covered the league for a decade, 2008 was the best year in the Big Sky Conference in the last 15 years. 2013 was the best year. That I would believe because you could then put that against what actually was there. But when we look forward right now, it's just really hard to do. And now more than ever, I think it's hard to do. It's a great point. The other thing that you got to remember, too, is that so many of the the occurrences in a league cause trends and ripple effects within a league. Hmm. 
there was this trend to go hire the smooth-talking, slick recruiter to bring in play-now players to the big sky. And Don Verlin, Jack Murphy, and Brian Fish are three examples of that. They all came from prestigious coaching trees with prestigious AAU connections and hotbeds to recruit from, and they all brought with them guys that, quite frankly, should have never been playing in the big sky. Vic Sanders was a Pac-12 player from day one. He yeah. just had family issues, and he had to switch high schools, and Don Verlin knew about it from all of his time working for Stu Morrill, so he goes and gets him right away when he gets to the University of Idaho. Brian Fish had been recruiting Tyler Hall you know, since he was... To Oregon. Uh, in front, when it says he's a freshman in high school to Oregon and then says, yeah, you want to come be the all-time league scorer in the history of the big sky? Bam, there it is. You know, same thing with Jack Murphy. He brought in all these talented guys. I mean, he comes from Memphis mm-hmm. and he brings all these East Coast guys to Flagstaff, Arizona, and that's part of the deal. I mean, it has nothing to do with necessarily a bad locker room. It's, it was just guys that didn't fit in the campus community more than anything at NAU. But I think that uh, teams are trending the other way now. Hiring coaches with much higher coaching acumen, the X's and O's type guys, guys that know about the programs. You know, Eastern Washington promotes internally with Shante Leggins. That's working out really well for them so yes. far. You know, Montana State hires Danny Sprinkle, an alumni of the school. Northern Colorado, I don't know what Steve Smiley is going to be, but he's been with Jeff Linder. He comes from the Ray Ray coaching tree, so he knows that style of basketball. You know, Brian Katz, I think, is just going to be at Sac State forever. Right. And I think that he deserves to be because I think that Brian Katz makes the most of what his team has at their disposal every single year. But I do think that you know, hiring a guy like Barrett Peary at Portland State, that's the way you go. Mm. A guy that's been in the junior college ranks for 15-plus years, mm. that's the way Portland State's always going to recruit. So that's the way you go. And honestly, the last of the slick, smooth-talking recruiters who's going to bring the the talent guys that's kind of left in the league is Todd Simon at Southern Utah. Yeah. He's the one that's hanging on, and we'll see well, how they do it. And like you said, that's one of the teams that you might pretty reasonably say is getting better right now. No you know? question. Uh, it's two tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Here's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to get to the women's uh, preseason all-conference team at the top of the hour. We need to take a break now. We're going to come back. We're going to hear from Michael Stedman. Conversation we had, with, we had with him a little while ago, but now that he's been named to this uh, all-conference team, uh, worth bringing that thing out. We also got a giveaway for you. Oh, yeah, it's Tagliari Tuesday. We'll hook you up. And then about 15 minutes from now with Barb Cowan from Partnership for Children. So all that coming up to Tutel Nuwana's ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio for Western Montana. KKVU HD3 Stevensville and 102.9 FM on K275BS Missoula. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot, connect to more. Welcome back to Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. At Gus Tutel on Twitter, at 1029 ESPN, at Skyline Sports MT, all of those relevant Twitter handles. We are happy to have them out there for you. Um, 
We uh, are going to get into uh, this Michael Stedman sound in a moment, but before we go one step further, we just want, you know, we want you to be happy. That's why we exist. That's what we're here for, your happiness. And as we do around here each and every Tuesday, we give you $25 to Tagliari's Deli. So give us a call right now, 361-3688. Coulter, what have uh, we got for us here uh, this week on uh, Tagliari Tuesday? Oh, man, we got ourselves a little Nirvana. Mm. This is a roast beef. Got some cream cheese in here. All the veggies are so fresh, too. If you haven't tried Tagliari, you absolutely have to. If you like sandwiches, this is like dream come true. I am like a sandwich connoisseur. I've been all over the entire United States, and it's the best sandwich that I can really think of anywhere. You know, I'm gonna, and the variety. So this has been so fun too because we get to try all of them. I, I my thing is is that uh, oh, cream wow. cheese, as great as it is, is just hugely underused. I mean, you can put cream cheese on just about Dagnab anything. I take cream cheese on top of my breakfast cereal. Absolutely. <laughs> so Mix it in. I'm I'm into that uh, anytime. In any case, uh, give us a call right now, 361-3688. First caller, you got 25 bucks to go over to Tagliari's and experience bliss for yourself. Or is it water? Nirvana. You get it? Because that's the sandwich. I get it. They're doing to-go orders, too, and this oh, is yeah. the perfect time this weekend. Let's talk to Matt. He loves golf. We were talking Masters. I said, man, that's what you need. Mm. You need to have a little Masters party and order yourself some Tagliari. It's right there, there corner of Beckwith and Higgins, right there in the little mall, and right next to American Eye Care. If you're watching the Masters, it's supposed to be kind of bad weather. Order some Tagliari. There you you're you're going to love it. You will love it. All right, very good. A uh, Barb Cowan from, um, uh, 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 you know, Missoula, well, it is Missoula Youth Homes, okay, but it's within the context of that. It is... Uh, Partnership for Children, excuse me. We're, she's going to come up with us here in about oh, 10 minutes from now, a little less than that, actually. But we wanted to bring you a little conversation we had a while back with Michael Stedman. Michael Stedman, again, voted to the preseason all-conference team, the Big Sky Conference all-conference team here. And uh, here's a couple words uh, from the big senior transfer who hasn't even played yet at the University of Montana after sitting out a year ago. Practice is finally here. You got like a start date, and you can actually play basketball. Hopefully, you know when the when the games actually start. So, just how pumped are you to finally be on a team where you know, hey, I'm going to step on the floor when when the game's actually going. Um, it's very exciting. Uh, it gives me flashbacks to all the other years I was playing in college. You know, I'm just looking forward to getting out there with my guys and competing at a high level, and hopefully get to the tournament. What's the hardest part about sitting out? I know you probably wanted to compete so bad, so is that weird sitting on the bench watching your guys compete? Yeah, like you said, the hardest part is actually sitting and watching the game being played and knowing you're not going to be able to check in the game and help your team win a basketball game. That's probably the hardest part. Now, I don't know what your, your school situation and your future situation is, but if you want, you can kind of get that year back almost because you got like a zero eligibility here, so you're kind of playing for free. Yeah. Have you have you thought about that and kind of go like kind of the irony of that situation? Yeah, it actually has come, came across my head, and I talked to my family about it a little bit. But when that time comes, I'll get more in depth with it and decide what I want to do when that time comes. You got a bunch of brand new teammates. You're a kind of a new teammate to some guys as well. But what's your initial impression been like of a bunch of a bunch of new faces, transfers, young guys on this team? Um, it's good. Just a whole bunch of different personalities, um, different types of games. I'm getting to know each other at a different levels throughout practice and throughout the year. Um, I think we got a chance to be very special this year with all the new faces. They all bring different type of games to the table, so it should be fun. In this program, since Trav's been here, transfers have had so much success. They've all had to go through what you've gone through, you know, sitting out the year. Why is that, though? I mean, what did you learn during your transfer year that is hopefully helped prepare you for this year? Um, I think the biggest thing I learned is 
just how to compete every day. Uh, I think Trav brings that fire to practice every day and make his players compete every day. Um, and he doesn't accept anything less. I also worked a lot on my game with the red star workouts before the games and before practice with the extra weight lifting. So I think that all adds up to being able to compete at a high level. So what guys talked about that. I mean, Jamar Cole, Ma Rory, guys like that that sat out, they said that they got so much better because they could just do individual development stuff like that. You said you worked on your game. What sort of things did you work on and where did you think you improved the most? Um, That's a good question. I think a lot of the things I worked on was um, uh, finishing around the basket more, uh, shooting my three ball, of course. I've, I think I shot like 25% at San Jose. And realistically, I think I'm around the mid-30s. So getting those reps up, I think that helped a lot. Um, and becoming a more consistent free throw shooter when I'm tired. So we would do conditioning drills throughout the workouts, and then I would shoot free throws. You know, with you and uh, Mac and uh, Kyle, I mean, like, there's some, and DJ, you know, there's some, like, kind of fun bigs on this team. I guess, you know, how do you kind of see that group overall? Um, I think we have some really diverse bigs. I mean, every big brings different things to the table. With Mac, he's athletic. He has high energy every practice. Um, Darius, he can shoot the ball a little bit. Um, yeah, I just think KO, he's a great leader. We just all bring different things to the table. You probably, you probably know this team better than anybody having a front row seat to every single game. What's going to be the biggest difference in the Grizzlies this year compared to last year? The biggest difference? Well, I think we're going to go play inside out a lot way more. You're going to see a lot more post touches. And, yeah, I think I think that's the biggest difference you're going to see. Remember when Mark Broynick came here and sat out as a big um, he said just, just watching the league, like he couldn't wait to get out there and, and establish himself as one of the best bigs in the conference. Like, what is that like for you? I'm sure you can't wait to, to get out and show the big sky like who you are. Yeah, I feel like nobody in this conference really has an idea of what my game is and how I play. I think when I was at San Jose, I played one, I think Northern Arizona, and I, I played pretty good against them. But other than that, I don't think anyone knows who I am, so I'm ready to get out there and show my face. There you go, Michael Stedman, our conversation with him. Two things I take away from that. Of course, the big inside says that there's no question there's going to be more inside touches, that that's going to be part of the offense, okay? Yeah. So, you know, just note the source. The other thing... We, we, we got to talk about that element real quick, though, because Travis Secure played point guard at the University of Montana. Right. He's recruited some of the most talented guards that have ever played at the University of Montana to Missoula. Mm-hmm. His offense, though, is the Stu Morrill high-low. It works the best when you have Martin Burning or Jamar Coe. So if Michael Stemmick can be that guy, it could actually make them look more fluid. They've looked great offensively. I mean, Travis Secure is one of the best offensive coaches on the West Coast. But right. they could look even better offensively if they have a true post. No doubt. The other thing is, Stedman said, you know, he was shooting like 25-26% from three. It's a part of his game he's really worked on. He says realistically, he, th- he thinks he can go mid-30s. If Michael Stedman hits 35% from three, Good luck. And you know why? Not because he's making a third of his threes, but because if you go, if you shoot 25% from the outside, you just let him go. Good luck. You know, we'll take our chances with you one and four. All of a sudden, you become a proficient three point shooter. The extension of the defense that has to happen to come out and guard a 6'8", 6'9", 6'10", guy on the perimeter and what that opens up in terms of motion and fluidity for your offense and options is just unbelievable. The space that creates, if you have a big who's actively knocking down threes, it's it, it opens up everything. People are like, well, okay, it's a 10% increase in three-point shooting. I guess that's good. Well, that is good, but that ain't even the beginning of what that does for your offense. And if that is real, that is significant, and that makes this team a night mayor to guard potentially so uh you know we'll we'll find out soon enough 
Good story on Stedman, Nick Halsey, Montana Sports Information. It's also up at SkylineSportsMT.com, so you can find either GoGrizz.com or SkylineSportsMT.com, but about Stedman and sort of his offseason. He yeah. e- echoed a lot of the sentiments he just shared with us. But the two key factors here are, one, when Stedman played at San Jose State, he's about 235. During his year off, he got up to about a little bit over 250. Mm-hmm. He's lost all that weight, and then some. He's about mm-hmm. 215. When we interviewed him, he's looking lean and mean. He does not look like a center. I mean, he's 6'11", but he looks like a power forward now. Yeah. Very spelt, uh, in good shape. They actually chronicled his body transformation on the Grizz Strength Conditioning page, and it was actually pretty fascinating to watch. Another thing is Travis DeCure, his quote in the story says, there's a level of respect for the young man for what he's done in the Mountain West. Those numbers typically translate, especially for post players, and especially in a system that is conducive for post play. Mm. I think around the league, coaches recognize what he did in the Mountain West, but more importantly, they recognize the success we've had at Montana building post players. That's one thing to remember, man. These last couple years, Jamar Coe getting hurt, that sort of changed the identity of Montana for a minute. And then last year, Side Pridget was sort of this point everything point post yeah. who could just do it all. Right. But from, you know, from Larry Kristoviak through Wayne Tinkle through the, I mean, for 40 years, what Montana always had was the go-to big man. And That's they right. run the high low to get him the ball and he pounds the block, gets the bucket. And th- I just think that that's what the system is most formed around and if Stedman is as advertised that could be a big thing for the Grizz well doesn't feel like it but in theory we're two weeks and a day away from finding just that out uh we'll take a break on the other side very happy to get off of the sports track for a little while and help out the community here a little bit Barb Cowan from the partnership for children going to talk to us about fostering kids in western Montana next Coulter, obviously, if people are traveling, you got to have them stay somewhere else, not with you. That's true even when COVID isn't going on, and especially now. So you send them out to the Wingate. We know that. That's obvious. What you might not know is about all the meeting space they have out there, convention space, and even personal office space because God knows I can't stand being with you any much longer. I'm going out there. I'm going to lock up my own personal office at the Wingate. You can do the same thing. If you need a business space, whether it's for yourself personally or or you're just tired of doing Zoom meetings, you just want to see other humans, but you want to be socially distanced, the Wingate has great business meeting rooms. You can space out. They have all the hookups and technology you're going to need for any sort of meeting or presentation. Or if you're like Ryan and you just want to have a place where you can work in peace and quiet, the Wingate Inn also a great option for those that live and work around Western Montana and the city of Missoula. If you have anybody coming through town or you want to get your kids out of the house, Wingate also has awesome rooms, great business rates. The pool is back open. They've done a great job of making sure that's going be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. These losses are dollars and cents. Studies show that participation in sports, along with other extracurricular activities, is one of the best ways to teach leadership, cooperation, accountability, and other invaluable life skills. Don't just stand on the sidelines. Encourage the young people you know to get in the game. When you do, you'll be helping them get ahead in life. High school sports, a winning part of a complete education. This message presented by the Montana High School Association and the Montana Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. To tell in Nuanes on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Missoula. Like the Welcome back to Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. 
You know, we talk sports on here, well, almost exclusively, all the time. That's what we're about, if you didn't know. But also, are we or are we not members of this fine community? Western Montana, Missoula, Montana, and very happy to be so. And there's a lot going on in this town, in this state, in this region, and uh, and we got to, you know, find out about all of that stuff and we're happy now to go to the Regish brothers rv phone line and welcome in from the partnership for children barb cowan back with us barb thank you so much for being here how are you this afternoon i am great how about you doing wonderful ourselves we we appreciate you being here and uh especially appreciate you being here to talk about something that that is so very important and i think sometimes maybe gets a little bit overshadowed i was talking earlier you know i think People are aware of of some things, uh, you know, maybe of, of things like soft landings and trying to help out kids there. Obviously, things like adoption. There's a lot of different adoption agencies and so forth. But sometimes fostering kids, uh, people feel like maybe there's a little bit of a stigma about it or maybe it's going to be, you know, harder or something they're not quite ready to do. But yet it's such a critical, critical part of just the, the taking care of one another in this, in this community anywhere, but especially for some of the most vulnerable kids that we're talking about here. So talk to us just about some the fostering stuff that's going on with Partnership for Children? I will. Thank you. Yes, fostering children and some of the kids that uh, are available and needing foster families are going to be available for adoption as well. So sometimes it's one and the same. You just start with the fostering process. So Partnership for Children, we recruit and we train and we support foster families in our in Western Montana. We work with families on um, supporting them in many different ways, but beginning with um, informational evenings where we let people ask questions and walk them through the process of what it's going to be like to become a foster parent. And then we do a lot of training. So most of the kids that come into the foster care system have had some trauma in their history. Um, It's traumatic, of course, just in and of itself to be um, removed from your own family. So we have kids who might have a little more um, behavioral history. They might be a little bit tougher at the beginning, but we support uh, the families to learn how to love those kids and um, work them into their family. Hi, Barb. Thanks so much for joining us. What do you think is the the biggest barrier of entry for people that maybe are interested in this? Um, I think it's what you were saying. Uh, there's maybe a little bit of stigma. They're afraid um, sometimes that they're going to get a child and fall in love, and then that child might go back to their uh, biological family. The good news is, is that's usually the best uh, ending for kids. But there are children, certainly many of them, that will not be going back to their families for usually for safety reasons. Um, and I think a barrier for uh, families is sort of the unknown. What often happens for our families is once they um, begin to see pictures or hear the stories of children, they fall in love with those kids pretty quickly. Uh, But again, it's not all uh, roses. It can be a little bit of a bumpy road. And that's why Partnership for Children comes in right alongside. We have someone that comes into the home every single week uh, to support the family and the child and to help them grow a healthy relationship. Some of our kids, you know, may come in as a seven-year-old because of the a level of neglect or abuse that they've had, they're going to act a lot more like a three or four year old when they're in your home. So we help families sort of recognize the developmental needs of these children, 
<clears throat> and how to kind of patch back those building blocks that they've missed. Uh, so we're in the home with them. We are on 24-7 phone um, calls with them. We help them create all kinds of plans. Uh, we have parent support groups. We have uh, monthly trainings for um, on all different kinds of topics, learning to understand everything from the grief a child might feel from having lost their biological family um, to uh, the importance of play in a child's life and the development that that brings. You know, one thing. So I think, yeah, go no, ahead. No, go ahead, Barb. Go ahead. Well, I just think that, you know, the fear is the fear of the unknown, like it is for many things, but people have a lot of love to give, a lot of families, and there's a lot of children out there waiting for those families, and we help them take that love and fashion into, um, you know, a way of taking care of these particular kids that may have a few extra needs. Barb Callen joining us from the Partnership for Children, uh, pfcmt.org online. And one, one thing that I think is, uh, 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 that I really like about this is when you talk about families, if you take in a, a foster kid, uh, you got a family right there, period, between you and that child. Point being is, I think a lot of people think, well, if, if I'm fostering, I got to, you know, I got to be married or I need to have children of my own that this, this child could play with potentially or at least have an idea of what it's like to raise kids. But that, that's not the case. You, you could take single parents. You could take single non-parents. You can take married non-parents. Anybody that is, you know, that, that has, you know, some space in their heart and home uh, to, to, to take care of kids who really need it is eligible for this. And like you said, the, you, the Partnership for Children, it exists to help them, to show them how you can do this and do it really well. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So when people, you know, are ready to open up a heart and home, they're all different kinds of people. We have foster parents, uh, you know, of many different walks of life, ages, um, again, marital status or not. You're completely right. We have families that are done raising their own children, have launched them, so to speak, and want to start again. So you get, uh, you know, it's not, um, there's not a one size fits all for the kids right. or for the families. Yeah. So we are very willing to talk and work with all different kinds of people that are interested in, in having these kids in their lives. What is a normal, and I'm sure it varies, but what's a normal duration for a, for a family to have a foster child? Um, you know, on a national average, there are, well, I don't have a statistic for, this year, but for 2018, there were over 400, 430,000 kids in the foster care system in the country. Um, and if you just take a national average, the national average would be about 11 months, 11 or 12 months, so about a year. However, if the child is going to be uh, joining your family as a possible adoption, that could be a forever home, as we call them. So it may be that you're taking a child in and they may still be going through a court system piece or they may, all of those decisions may already have been made and the, that child then would be a foster child looking for an adoptive home. And that's the forever one. This is all great information and I, I know very worthy cows. What's the easiest way for people to maybe find out more information they want? You mentioned that there's some acclimation meetings and things like that, but if people just want basics on how to get in touch, how to give you a call, how to get involved, how do they do that? You bet. So the person to call is named Paige and her number is 541-3672. 
All right, 541 yep. for Paige, all right? Right. They can also find contact information on our website and information on the website, as you mentioned, and that's pfcmt.org. And then we have informational meetings coming up December 8th and January 12th. And we are doing those during the pandemic uh, by way of Zoom, which has actually um, worked out pretty well because then people can just jump onto Zoom and not have to drive anywhere or particularly as the snow is coming down. Um, and we meet one another and we answer questions, walk people through the process of what it might look like. And then we um, set up one-on-one -on -one meetings with them so that we can talk further with the, with the level of interest they have um, and, and when we might be having our next training. So there are a lot of hours of training. It is a commitment, but of course we know that when we're welcoming a child into our life, that's no small thing. So we have a foster parent training coming up um, beginning November 17th, and it will be a few evenings and then a full Saturday of training, again, on a variety of topics and a nice time to meet other um, future foster families. Um, once again, I mean, for, for people, even if you have just the smallest inclination of just wondering about it, or even wondering for somebody else, get onto this Zoom meeting. I mean, what, what could be easier, right, than being at your house or wherever you are, December 8th, and then January 10th, did you say, is the next one? Uh, January 12th. January 12th. Okay, so December 8th, January 12th, you get on there, and uh, and you just hear, you know, the specifics of it, the information about it, and I think that, I mean, it's such a worth, worthy cause. And when you go online, pfcmt.org, I mean, there's a list of children right now that are, that need a place to go. Uh, sadly, this is a situation where supply does outstrip demand, and we want to, especially as a community, make sure that we do uh, meet that demand and so that we're available and, and, and taking care of the kids who need to be taken care of the most uh, right here and right now. So, Barb, we appreciate it very much. Again, pfcmt.org for more information and, and participate in this and consider it. I mean, it's, it's a big consideration, I know. Uh, I have some children. I'm aware of the uh, a number of books I'm not reading currently as a result of, uh, you know, changing diapers or whatever it may be. That, that's the case. But the yep. reward obviously is, is, is so strong and, uh, and, and really amazing. So we encourage everybody to participate with a partnership for children uh, and to do this. Barb, thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate it. Oh, it is absolutely my pleasure. Thank you for having me on. And I love that I'm on a, uh, on a sports program, no less. Hey, maybe I we got some up. people in great shape. I think that's most of our <laughs> listeners, right? They're about there. They're jogging. They're lifting weights. They're so, you know, they're going to be ready to go here with this thing. They're really they they're up be for the ready challenge. To go. Absolutely. <laughs> Barb, thank that's you. right. Okay. Thank you so much. Have a good night. You too. Barb Cowan, Partnership okay. for Children. Again, pfcmt.org. Okay, pfcmt.org, December 8th, circle it on your calendar, sign up, be part of the Zoom call, just listen, just hear what they got to say, all right? Hour one of the books, hour two, straight ahead. Women's Big Sky Conference, all-conference preseason team, and possible expansion of the NFL playoff next. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. 
Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus. 